our scripture reader had to escape the rains. <laughs> so we'll go right into the lesson, but I promise you we'll have some scripture this evening. Uh, I'm so glad that we can be here tonight, and I'm, I'm sorry for uh, the, the situation for us having to run in. And uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed uh, that it happened the way it did. We were really hoping for a outdoor worship and we watched the the weather all day today and and uh, it looked like we were going to get missed and we obviously didn't so uh, I'm sorry for the inconveniences that I'm sure that's caused several people and I hope that uh, those of you who were here and had to leave are uh, able to, to tune in or catch this at a later time but uh, that was uh, that was embarrassing for me at least um, but I'm so glad that that you're here and you're ready to worship God. And maybe, maybe what happened this evening uh, is what was supposed to happen. Uh, well, I'm sure it was because God's in control of everything. But the, the lesson that I've prepared for us tonight is where do we go from here? And uh, I think uh, what a way to start a lesson like that. Uh, for a, uh, uh, stepping in a, a huge pile of manure for me to... <laughs> To look up and say, okay, now I got to get up in the pulpit, and where do we go from here after, after that? Uh, but I believe that we can. Where do we go from here? He had stepped outside from a one-year quarantine, walked outside with his family after a one-year quarantine. And as he stepped outside, he breathed in the fresh air and the sunlight, it just, and just bathed in it, engulfed him. And it was such a relief after being cooped up in what must have been madness for an entire year. And this wasn't just getting out of a one-year quarantine. This was the culmination of a 100-year calm before a storm that lasted 40 days and 40 nights. A hundred years of, of preparation for this, for this one year of life-changing chaos. And when Noah and his family descended out of the ark and off of Mount Ararat, they must have been thinking, what's next? Where, where do we go from here? And now that we've been in the ark for a year, now that this storm in our life has passed, what do we do now? Where do we go from here? For a lot of people, the story of Noah kind of starts and ends right there at the ark. But Noah still had another 350 years to live after they came out of the ark. In fact, you know, it's kind of funny to think about Noah starting to build the ark at five, when he was 500 years old. That was what some people probably looked at and thought of as his midlife crisis. He had 350 more years to go. 350 more years to live after he got off the ark. Where do we go from here? What do I do with the rest of my life? There's a new normal. The earth isn't the same anymore. And Noah and his family have to pick up the pieces after what surely has been the greatest worldwide tragedy that our earth has ever known. Where do we go from here to start to move forward? Maybe they were having some of the same thoughts that, that we've probably had over the last few weeks. Maybe they're thinking, we're never going to be the same after this. What do we, what do, we do now? Noah and his family thinking, I I'm so lost. I I'm so confused now. Maybe they were thinking, when can I take this crazy mask off? Maybe that's just us thinking that, right? <laughs> There's so many things that we can learn from this story of Noah 
that, that he found favor with God, that, that his family found favor with God in order that, that, that they were going to be the family that God chose to save. We see the example of Noah building the ark for over 100 years and his faithful dedication to God's specifications. We, of course, have the symbol of God's promise, the rainbow after the storm. But if we can learn anything from that story right now today, I think we can learn that the world is in constant flux. Things are always changing. There's always new beginnings. There's always endings. And normal is constantly being redefined. This weekend, we remembered the 19-year anniversary of 9-11. And we all remember where we were and what we were doing on that day, the mornings that, that planes started crashing all over the country. I remember walking to chapel at Freed Hardeman University. I had just seen everything happen that morning on TV. And I was, I was walking to chapel and my classmates were walking to chapel. We were all in kind of a daze, just kind of shocked at, at what's going on. A friend of mine's father worked in the Pentagon and he had been trying to get a hold of him and of course he couldn't. My own grandparents were flying out of Boston that morning. We had no idea where they were or if they were okay. And there was all kinds of confusion. And as I walked to chapel with my classmates this morning, I remember thinking, like, what, what do we even do? Do we go to class today? Uh, what, what's going to happen to us? Are we safe right now? Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? And, you know, if, if you remember Wednesday, September 12th, at least to me, it was eerily very similar to some of the days that we experienced back in March where there was no school there was no traffic on the roads. It was like having a snow day in the middle of a beautiful spring. Many businesses were shut down because people were thinking, what do we do? Where do we go from here? Today, maybe there is a little bit of a light at the end of our tunnel. Some of us are, are here tonight. I was expecting to say we're all here tonight, <laughs> sitting around outside. We're all here sheltered, sheltered from the rain tonight, together still for the first time on a Sunday evening since March. Schools are back in session. Businesses are, are carefully reopening. Many people are, are able to return to work. And, and, and as the sun rises and the dust is settling on this new normal of a post-COVID-19 world, many people are asking the question, where do we go from here? What do we do? How do I live? How, how, do I, how do I get my education? How do I work? How do I worship? How do I do all these things in this new world? Where do we go from here? The world is constantly changing. And no matter if it's a worldwide flood or a worldwide pandemic or an airstrike on Pearl Harbor or an airstrike on the Twin Towers, generations are always waking up to an ever-changing world. Noah and his family teach us that. But they also give us insight onto what happens next. Where do we go from here? Noah, he finds favor in the sight of God. He, to the point that God's decided to spare him and his family. And as soon as Noah gets out of the ark, the first thing we see Noah do is worship God. Building an altar right there in Genesis chapter 8 verse 20. Where do we go from here we worship? I'm so glad that, that for a lot of you, your answer to where do we go from here has been to worship. Whether you're, you're here sitting with us right now, whether you came and, and had to leave because of the rain, or whether you're home right now, 
streaming this service uh, with us and worshiping with us right now, I'm so glad that part of your answer has been, where do we go from here? We go to worship. Because we need to be worshiping God. In fact, that's a pretty good rule of thumb. If we're lost, if we're confused, and we're wondering where do we go from here, what do I do? Pretty good chance that you're not going to go wrong if you decide to worship God. And as we start to emerge from this COVID-19 haze, we have to prioritize worship. And I understand that in-person worship is, is not wise for some people right now. But we've got to prioritize the opportunities that we have to worship online, to, to participate in Bible studies and Bible classes. And we have a lot of Zoom Bible classes right now. And then when it's safe to return, when it's safe for you to return, by all means, prioritize being here in person. You know, when I look at this chapter in Genesis, I can't tell you one thing that Noah did uh, between getting off the ark and building his altar. In fact, in, in verse 18, it said that Noah got off the ark. In verse 19, it said the animals got off the ark. And in verse 20 said, Noah built an altar. It didn't say that, that he slept in and he, he caught up on worship later in the day. It didn't say that he kind of had Bible class running in the background while he was doing chores or cooking dinner. He didn't wait to, he didn't say, you know what, I've been on that ark a long time. I need some time to just relax and unwind. I need some me time and I'll, I'll worship God later. What we see is a priority to worship. Worship came first. God brought him through a crisis and he had to acknowledge that God brought him through that crisis. We're going to make it through our crisis. We're going to make it through COVID. But what happens next? Where do we go from here? I believe it's important that we learn from Noah and his example. We prioritize worship during this process. Where do we go from here? We go back to the cross. We go back to the cross and we worship. But Noah in Genesis chapter 9 gives us a warning here of, of where we could also go from here. Because as we approach this new normal, something we need to remember is that there's, there's nothing really new about this new normal. Satan is still out there. He's still up to his old tricks, and he's still trying to bring us down. And that's exactly what happened to Noah. Noah, the man who's, who's found favor with God, the man that God saved and decided because of Noah's faith and Noah's resolve and Noah's dedication that, that he would use Noah and his family to repopulate the earth. Good, faithful, stalwart Noah. And where do we find Noah in Genesis chapter 9? We find him drunk. And not just drunk, Noah is embarrassingly drunk. Noah is sloppy drunk. And, and, and you know what I'm talking about. If you've seen someone who's that kind of drunk before, when they, they lose all sense of boundaries and decency, this is where Noah was at. Sometimes I feel like I read over the story and see Noah got drunk. And picture in your, per, in your mind someone who's that kind of drunk where you just feel sorry for them because you're afraid they're gonna hurt themselves or, or just how badly they're embarrassing themselves and hurting their name and hurting who they are. Maybe you've, maybe you've been close to someone who gets drunk like that and they say awful things and they do awful things and you just, you just feel so bad and you hurt for them because you see how far this substance and this drug takes them away from who they really are. And, and I know that some may agree or disagree with my stance on whether or not a Christian should, should partake in recreational alcohol use at all. I personally think that, it, that a Christian shouldn't. But I think we can all agree that this point of 
sloppy drunk is not a good look for anyone, especially a Christian. And that's what Noah is right now. He's drunk. He is embarrassingly drunk. The furthest thing you would expect from the man God deemed strong enough in his faith to continue to perpetuate humanity on earth. And what we learn that from that is that in this new normal, there's, there's really nothing new. Satan is still there, so will, and temptation's still there. And he's going to be ready, and we're going to mess up. So where do we go from here? Some of us are going to go back to those old familiar temptations, those snares that Satan left for us six months ago, they're still going to be there. The new normal is going to still require the saving blood of Jesus. It's still going to require us to, to go back to the cross and, and, and get forgiveness and grace and mercy. Where do we go from here? Noah teaches us that we go back to the cross and we ask for forgiveness. Where do we go from here? Forty years Israel's normal was in limbo. They were wandering, they were struggling through the desert, and now Moses has died and the Israelites are standing on the brink of the promised land in a brand new normal, something completely different, something, uh, something that's been promised to them that they've been waiting for for 40 years. And they think, where do we go from here? What do we do? Joshua chapter 1 says this. It says, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised Moses. Where do we go from here? You know, it's very interesting what God is telling the people of Israel, what God is telling Joshua right now. Where is not the question. You know where. You just need the boldness to do it. Go where God has led you. Go where God has promised you. Go with boldness. You see, the reason they need this encouragement is the same reason I need the encouragement sometimes too. Because change is tough. Even good change can be bad or, or can be hard. And as we start to emerge out of our homes and, and out of our quarantines, we're going to encounter some changes, both good and bad, that are going to be really, really tough to accustom ourselves to. Verse 9, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Where do we go from here? You know where we need to go. We need to go with God. And we need to go boldly. And we need to go with him wherever he leads. God tells Joshua, you go across the Jordan. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do that. There's a million people with me. It's, it's just not going to work. Tell me somewhere else that I can go instead. Tell me somewhere else to go from here. Joshua doesn't say that. Sounds like something Tim Haywood would probably say. Where, where do I go from here? Well, you know where to go. No, give me plan B. I don't want to go there. That's tough. Joshua didn't say these things because he knew exactly where he needed to go. And that was exactly where God told him to go. And Joshua went Joshua went boldly and courageously. And in chapter 4, once they crossed the river and their feet were on that soil, the nation of, of Israel is getting excited. They're so close. Look how far they've come. And Joshua says, hold on. There's still somewhere we need to go from here. We need to go back into the Jordan. And we need to collect 12 stones to erect a monument. Because in chapter 4, verse 6, he says, when your children ask in time to come, what did these stones mean to you? 
You shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Where do we go from here? We memorialize the past. We honor the past. We remember what God brought us through. This week I had the opportunity to listen to Olympic swimmer Kate Ziegler give a presentation on change. And she said that in order for change to occur in life, in order for there to be a new beginning, it's usually going to start with the ending of something else. And to promote healthy change in our life, we have to honor that thing in the past. Prince Charles was once asked by a reporter, are you getting excited for the day that you'll become king? And he said, no. The day I become king is shortly after the day my mother dies. We have to honor that thing that ends to be able to start something else. Ben and Jerry's ice cream, they, they do this in kind of a, a humorous way. They, all their discontinued flavors go on their website in their flavor graveyard. All the flavors that maybe a lot of people loved, but they just weren't making the company any, any money anymore. And for one reason or another, they had to retire them. They go in the graveyard so that people who really love those ice cream flavors can go honor them and memorialize them and remember all the good times they had with, with those ice creams. And while that is silly and, and kind of humorous, it tells us we, we have to honor the past. We have to honor these things that are ending so that we can accept these new things that are coming. And that's what Joshua's doing. He's honoring a place in their history, a turning point in their journey to the promised land of how God took them across unpassable waters so that later on when kids say, what, what's this pile of rocks all about? He can say, this is how we know that God protects us. This is how we know that God keeps his promises because one day these waters spread and we walked across because God said it would happen and we followed him boldly. We remember who brought us here. We remember who, 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 who brought us through the struggle and we embrace those changes. Where do we go from here? You know, we're standing on the brink of what sometimes looks like impassable waters with, with COVID-19, with a world in flux and a world in change and, and with, with social unrest and elections and all these things in front of us that can be very, very overwhelming. Where do we go from here? I'll tell you, when we get through this and we will get through this, we honor that journey, and we remember who brought us through it. And we remember who's brought us to this point so far because he's brought us through so, so much. Where do we go from here? We stop and remember the one who is on the cross, and we remember the change that it has supplied for our lives. After Jesus died, the, the apostles, they were left in limbo. Where do we go from here? They had no idea. Earlier in Jesus' life, in John chapter 6, verse 66, as many disciples turned back and no longer followed uh, or no longer walked with Jesus, Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go as well? Simon Peter said, where would we go? Where would we go? You have the words of life. And so when Jesus dies and when, uh, on the cross, they, uh, they say, where do, we, where do we go from here? What do we do? Peter said, I'm going fishing. Many of the apostles joined him, but then Jesus came and inspired them, cooking breakfast for them on the beach. And, and later, before he ascends back up into the clouds, he tells the apostles where to go from here. He says, go into all the world, Mark 16, 15. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to all of creation. Where do we go from here? That's where they went. 
And they proclaimed on the day of Pentecost, and they proclaimed in the temple, and they proclaimed on Solomon's portico, in front of the council, and in Samaria, and on the road from Jerusalem to Gaza, and while being stoned to death, and that's just the first eight chapters of Acts. Where do we go from here? We go to the world. We go all over. We go to everyone, and we bring them to the cross. On 9-11, eventually the sun came up, the air cleared, and we descended from our homes and we drank in the sunlight and the fresh air, and we began to live a new normal. And a lot of changes happened after 9-11, but on the night of September 11th, President George W. Bush addressed the nation for a little over four minutes, and, and I don't know if you love him or hate him, but George W. Bush set out a plan that night for Americans who are asking the question, where do we go from here? And I'll be honest with you, the speech gives me chills every time I read it or watch it. He said America was targeted for attack because we were the brightest beacon for freedom and opportunity in the world, and no one will keep that light from shining. People were asking, where do we go from here? He said, you keep shining your light. That's where you go from here. Keep the light shining. Where do we go from here right now in this COVID-19 world with, with, with racial, uh, with, with riots and, 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 and race uh, discrimination, all these things going on and with, with uh, an election coming up? Where do we go from here? We shine our light. We shine the light of Jesus. We shine love and we tell people, everyone we can, about the saving blood of Jesus. We keep shining our light. He went on to say these acts of mass murder were intended to frighten our nation into chaos and retreat, but they have failed. Our country is strong. Where do we go from here? Don't be frightened into chaos. Don't be frightened into chaos and hysteria. And friends, right now there's a lot of people that, that are doing that. We can spend way too much time in the news. Even worse, we can spend way too much time in, in conspiracy theories that, that really keep us up at night and make us scared for a tomorrow that may not even come. God's in control. Go boldly with God. Don't have a spirit of fear. Have a spirit of understanding that God is in control in whatever we do. He said, today our nation saw evil, the very worst of human nature, and responded with the best of America, with the daring of our rescue workers, the caring for strangers and neighbors who came to give blood and help in any way they could. Where do we go from here? Keep caring. Keep sharing, keep helping. There's a lot of people in our community that need that right now. We can't be so overwhelmed with these impassable waters that we forget that there's people in our community that still need help. And, and, and I'm very excited because I, I, I think in the coming weeks you're going to be hearing about some opportunities that we have here at Central to help our community directly uh, for people who may be struggling through times like this. But you don't need us to do that. Any Christian, even people who aren't part of Central, who are, who are tuning in from all over the country, you can still help. You can still find ways to help your community. Where do we go from here? Be a helper. He said, tonight I ask for prayers for all those who grieve, for the children whose worlds have been shattered, and for all whose sense of safety and security has been threatened. Where do we go from here? We go to God in prayer. That should be the very first place we go. We spend time on our knees in prayer this is a tough time. This is unpassable waters. This is a time of, of confusion. And we ask God for his guidance. And he's finished by saying, and I pray they will be comforted 
by a power greater than any of us, spoken through the ages in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you're with me. Where do we go from here? We gain comfort from God and his word. We go back to the cross. And when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, and when we're walking through these tough times of COVID and through uncertainty and through, and through elections and all the things that the world seems to be throwing at us right now, we go back to God and we find comfort in his word and we find comfort in the cross. Where do we go from here? All roads lead back to the cross. All roads lead back to Jesus. Have you been to the cross to receive the healing blood of Jesus, to receive salvation through faith, repentance, confession, and baptism. The building is open. We'll wait for you. The rain should stop pretty soon. You can come here and you can make that happen tonight. You can become a child of God, washing away your sins in the blood of Christ. And if you need prayers, if you need prayers right now, if, you, if you've been asking where do I go from here and going all the wrong places, we're here to pray for you. That's what we're here for. Your church family is here. You can, send, you can send me an email right now. You can send Greg an email. We'll make sure that, that your request is known. If you need to know where to go from here, you need someone to study with you and pray with you, we can help you with that. Whatever your need may be, whatever you need to do, please come as together we stand and sing.